And good evening, and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018. It was 88 degrees today in Manhattan. On Sunday, it was 48 degrees. This is the type of weather we've been having here. Crazy, but welcome to Guys Guys Radio. We have a special guest, one of my favorite people, and a good friend and an old friend. In fact, the guy who taught me how to drive in the Riverdell High School parking lot way back when. I'm not even going to tell you guys what year, but Brad Zimmerman's going to be on the show, and he is the star of the off Broadway hit My Son the Waiter, a Jewish Tragedy. He's been on the show a few times, but I want to get him on because he's going coast to coast between New York and California, trying out, um, he's, he's working on his syndicated show, My Son the Waiter, and also he's been doing some work on a spectacular sequel called My Rise to the Middle. It's a standalone. It can live on its own, but it is kind of part two of uh, his story, and it's an amazing story. It's very funny. It's very heartfelt, and he does a command performance. Um, so looking forward to getting him on the show in a minute. He's calling in from L.A. I know he likes more New York more than L.A., so we'll talk about that. To all my friends at River Edge and Oradell who are listening, thanks for uh, tuning in to Guys Guys Radio. We've been at this for about four years now. This is the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. It's a fantastic place to be. And I'm really enjoying the show. We've had uh, relationship coaches on here. We've had entertainers like Brad. We've had fantasy sports experts. We've had authors. We've had channelers, psychics, a lot of metaphysical and spiritual teachers. And it just keeps growing. Anything that has to do with life, love, and the pursuit of happiness is uh, is our foundation and building block that we uh, create the show on. And we want to do positive work. Good things have some fun, too, of course. So... uh, it's all based on, I wrote this book about five years ago, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, and got it published. It's a novel. It's about two men in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. And you can find it on, uh, well, you can still find it on Amazon. It's in some bookstores. You can get the hard copy or you can get a uh, uh, ebook. And from there, we developed Guy's Guy's Radio. And we've been at it for 279 uh, shows. And... Um, I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and my website, robertmanny.com, is where my syndicated blog on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness lives, and we just keep growing. And we're really here to, uh, you know, to help guys, to help everybody, but really to help guys uh, live their best lives. And it's interesting because I'm a boomer, and a lot of guys that I know, you know, they've been working a really long time, as I have. And it's a time where they're starting to relook things and say, hey, you know, is this all there is? I got the paycheck. I've got some money socked away. I've got a family. I've got a, a high level job position. How long is it going to go? And then is that it? Is that what it's all about? And I think a lot of guys are looking at, you know, what else is there? Can I kind of raise my vibration? Can I raise my frequency? Can I, is there more to what's going on that meets the eye? Well, most guys don't have the time to like jump on a plane and go to Peru for a retreat for a week, but they're looking for ways as the planet wakes up, they're looking for ways of living a better life. So I have had a lot of experience in my own journey Throughout my whole life, I've been kind of on this path, even though I've been in business for like years and years and years, 
but I've always been pulled in this direction and now I'm focused on it full time. And what I want to do is share whatever I can share through my guests and with my own experiences and see if we can get some information out there that at least help guys be the best they can be and be um, more contented in who they want to be. So that's what we're all about here on Guys Guys Radio. Very quickly, we do a quick uh, recap of what's going on out there in the world, and then we do our Guys Guy of the Week. We take a super short break, and we bring our special guests on. So Brad will be on in a few minutes. Um, as I mentioned, the weather's crazy here in New York, but finally we had our breakthrough. It was about 88 degrees today. Absolutely gorgeous, and it's amazing. You could see the difference from where I am. I'm up on the eighth floor. The, the amount of leaves uh, blooming and buds blooming on the trees between Sunday and today, it, it's doubled because of the weather change. So it's gorgeous. I love this time of year. The older I get, the more I love the spring more than the summer. It's just the new beginnings, and it's just fantastic. And in New York City, it's a great time because everybody just kind of changes from a scowl to a smile, and people get outside, and it's a lot of fun. So looking forward to a great summer, making summer plans. Me, I'm going to be down my place down the Jersey Shore for about a month. I'm going to be working on a book about what I discussed about what the whole Guys Guys brand is all about. I'm going to do a nonfiction book, and um, I'm going to be with my son, who's going to turn five. I became a dad later in life, but it's been a great education. My son really kicks my butt and uh, in terms of being a, a great teacher for me. So we're going to spend a month together down the shore. I'm going to be, he's going to be at a kind of a day camp thing, and I'm going to be working on this book to at least get as much of it uh, carved out as I can. My wife will be down on weekends, and then we're going to go spend a little time out in Southern California. Frankly, we're thinking about potential move in about a year because uh, been in the New York metro area just about my whole life. I have traveled the world, but might be time to find some new frontiers. And um, kind of, ha you know, I, I love New York and I love the people. I love the energy, uh, energy, but I think it may be time to make a move and uh, shed a lot of possessions and just get out there and have a fresh start. I've been uh, in anticipation of it. I've been on a program to really, um, I joined a spiritual group that I attend uh, once a week at night. It's fantastic. It's a spiritual enfoldment group. And uh, that's great. And I've been getting in. I'm doing the same workout that I did 30 years ago, plus some more stuff. So I'm in for myself. I feel in fantastic shape. I've knocked off about 15 pounds and I'm going to stay at this level. And I'm doing this thing that I've mentioned on the show a few times called the, I'm developing this thing called the process of elimination diet. And what I've done is I, it's a three level diet. I put myself on the advanced level which is I give something else up for the year every week. So I started week one with alcohol. So I haven't had a drink uh, for four months. And I love to have some tequila when the, when the summer comes and everybody's sitting out in the cafes and the bars, but it's going to be tough, but I got to get through it because I have to prove I am the, the lab rat in, my, uh, in this product I want to develop, this process of elimination diet. So I've given up candy and cookies and donuts and cream cheese and croissants and chocolate bars and cake and pie and soda and adding sugar to anything and stuff like that. So every week I give up something new and it's working out. I feel fantastic. I'm sleeping like a baby. Um, and I already, I don't eat meat. I haven't eaten meat in 10 years and I don't take any caffeine. I haven't had caffeine for about five years. And believe it or not, caffeine was 
easy to give up. What I did was I just stopped. I had a headache for about a week and then it went away because I found that, you know, you drink coffee at, to wake you up and then you start drinking during the day and then you have trouble sleeping. And then the next morning you have trouble waking up and then you drink coffee and the whole thing is you're on this hamster wheel. And, um, I stopped and I realized that my own natural energy was actually better than the uh, jolt that I got from the coffee. So I, I evolved over to decaf at first. I'm like decaf, but now I, it's like, I don't drink regular soda. If I do have a soda, I'll have a diet soda. Now I'm down to like once a year because they're no good for you. But, you know, it's like when you switched, uh, if you are a soda drinker, if you switch from like Coke to diet Coke or something, after a while, you don't notice a difference. And then Coke seems very sweet. So anyhow, here we are with that. So uh, feeling good and taking care of myself and anything I can share on that, I want to do. I'll be blogging about it on my uh, website. Elsewhere, um, I was thinking about that because I've been reading about, you know, uh, Trump's uh, doctors and, uh, you know, they're taking this Ronnie Jackson guy out of his job. And uh, now we're reading that maybe Trump wrote his doctor's report and he absconded with his doctor's uh, records or something, medical records. So just crazy uh, to me. He, uh, you know, he looks like he's got high blood pressure, but who knows? The thing is, um, you don't know what's going on inside. You don't know what his internal environment is all about um, and what's going on with his prostate and his blood pressure and and just his uh, his mental capacity. Obviously, he's a smart guy. He got into this position, but he's pretty volatile. And uh, over time, you know, that takes a toll, on you, a toll on you. I think one of the biggest things I've learned is that, you know, we can't, particularly as guys and boomer guys, you can't do the same thing you do, you did in the same way for the, your whole life. You have to start uh, adapting along the way. You can't eat as much. You can't exercise quite as much. You have to be smarter. Look at professional athletes. You take a guy like CC Zabathia. He was a great um, fastball pitcher and uh, he knew he had to make a change. So he lost some weight and he started throwing more, mixing up his, uh, his pitches and he was bad at it for a while. And now he seems to have a second life because he, he learned to adapt. He's a sharp guy and he learned to adapt. So that's what we've got to do. Okay, let's re- let's get to the guy's guy of the week. Then we'll take a momentary break, and then we'll bring Brad on because I know he's on the, on the phone here. So, uh, guy's guy of the week is a guy by the name of uh, Shaq Griffin. He's the fifth round pick of the Seattle Seahawks, and what's notable about him? He has one hand, and I give him the guy's guy of the week as well as the Seattle uh, Seahawks uh, for for taking him because. Uh, just an amazing story to make it to the NFL, uh, to be a draft pick, fifth rounder, um, is just an amazing thing. So uh, Shaq Griffin and the Seattle Seahawks, welcome to the NFL, and I hope he makes the team and uh, has a great career there. So anyhow, we're going to take a very quick uh, moment, and we'll be right back with Brad Zimmerman. The Guys Guy Radio. Okay, we're back. Welcome back to Guys Guys Radio. As I mentioned, uh, my guest is one of my favorite people on this planet. His name is Brad Zimmerman. He uh, is a friend from high school, and he's a successful actor. I don't know if you saw him on The Sopranos. He played Johnny Sachs' lawyer, and he did a great job. He's a fantastic actor, and he has a one-man show that's been, uh, uh, I guess you'd call it syndicated or licensed out, uh, and he's the star of it. Uh, My Son, The Waiter, A Jewish Tragedy. I've seen it numerous times. It's very funny. It's very heartfelt. And he's working on something new 
which I like even better, My Rise to the Middle. If you haven't had a chance to see either of these shows and you're in New York or L.A. or any other big city that Brad travels around to, I know he's been in Florida and he's been to Chicago and San Diego, which he mentions in his uh, show, uh, check him out. So let's bring my buddy Brad on right now. Brad, you there? I'm here, buddy. How are you? Good. Well, how's your flight? I know you flew out today, and thank you for being my special uh, guest tonight. I am lying in bed in uh, North Hollywood, uh, having flown back. I got in about three hours ago, and I'm here. And uh, uh, just listening to you talk, first of all, you, you mentioned the guy who was drafted uh, with one hand. I think his brother is on the team. If I'm not mistaken, you should check that out. Okay. I think his all brother right. is actually on the Seattle Seahawks. So it's a great. that is a great story. And that adds to it, just that. So, uh, uh, no, I'm doing good, man. It's it's uh, it's interesting hearing you talk about the, the change of seasons. And I was thinking, like, like what what would it be like out here? And you go, oh, it feels so good to, like, the temp. Can you feel the difference in temperatures between spring and summer? No, between summer and fall. <laughs> no, it's all the same. For, oh, what a. Oh, I feel so rejuvenated. <laughs> you have to find something else to be rejuvenated by because it's the same temperature all the time, except, you know, it's great temperature. So if that's your thing, man, and, you know, I think you want to make the move, I think it's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that um, L.A. really, um, it's, not that, it's, that, it's not that hot except like in October or so, right? I mean, it's usually it's like 70s, right? Go 60s at night. It's not uh, it, super it's, hot. Right, right now it's very chilly. It's it's actually chilly. Uh, it was uh, it's kind of in the 60s, which for this time of year is kind of chilly. So yeah, but normally it's in the 70s. No humidity for the most part, except on occasion, I guess. But the, the weather is just sublime. I mean, if you're a weather person and that's a priority, oh, it's extraordinary. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So um, what are you doing out there? Well, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm doing my show. I have I have an eight week run in uh, Colony Theater in Burbank, and it's it's really going good, Bob. You know, having been in New York for so many years, that's where I'm based. I I have been traveling the country, but in terms of you know the TV and film scene, it's here. You know, it's of course it's in New York too. There's loads of stuff in New York, but this. I've always believed in my age, you never really having gone. It's it's called show business, but the whole business thing has been a sort of a, uh, my Achilles heel, let's say, uh, for whatever reason, for loads of reasons. And I take full responsibility for it, by the way. I, I you don't want to put the energy out on any. It's not my decisions. But the reality is that, you know, people have seen me so far, and I've had a couple of offers and, and um, it'll be very interesting to see in the last six weeks what evolves. And it's a win-win because if nothing evolves, it's fine. I still move on with my show and the sequel I'm doing on the last night of the run. Uh, they're giving me an opportunity. And I have some friends bringing uh, some people who, you know, casting people. And I just think it's going to be interesting to see their response to somebody who nobody really knows. You know what I mean? Doing an hour and 20 of his own stuff. So I'm you know very what? excited about it. You know what? I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who I was on her show, Born to Talk, uh, Marsha um, Wyeka Burger or Burger Wyeka. 
uh, Waiteka, rather. I'm sorry. And she has a show out there. Uh, she has a blog, uh, excuse me. She has a blog talk radio show and she had a, t- a local TV show, interview show for many years and uh, had a big audience and she switched over to uh, podcasting. And um, I was talking to her. I was on her show uh, yesterday, actually, and she heard about you. So I, of course, urged her to see the show. And um, she Probably said she would be there. Yeah. So you are being, people are hearing the ads for you. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. I have a producer who puts a lot of money into uh, uh, the show, and it's in the L.A. Times. The ads are in like twice a week, and we've had commercials, and uh, uh, I've done a couple of interviews, and we've already been reviewed. I had one amazing review, amazing, that I wanted to put on Facebook, but I, I felt I can't do it. You know, it's just not me. But it's it's like you can't get any better than that. So um, was it that uh, in the rebellion? Was it in the rebellion? What's that? The Riverdale Rebellion? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I'll be signing copies of my souvenir book uh, for the Riverdale and uh, people on where Hagler's used to be. It's a bank now. One of the tellers <laughs> is taking a break, and I'll be sitting back there, and, and whatever deposit they make, and uh, they get a signed copy of the book. And the owner of the bank now, it's interesting, used to go to Riverdale. He's a relative of, of the soccer coach, Coach Mulek, and I think he's his great, 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 great um, nephew's son. And uh, so uh, I'll be signing copies. Anyway, uh, uh, here I am. <laughs> what else do what? you want to talk about, Buffalo? Let's talk about Hagler's then. Um, what was uh, about your what? favorite? Uh, about what? <laughs> about Hagler's. Uh, you have a you have a you have a Hagler story for us? You know, Bob, I have to tell you, man, I'm a very sentimental guy, and you know, I hear you talk about you have a wife and kids, and you know, trying to essentially what you're talking about is, can I reinvent myself, or can I? Where is the meaning in my life? The purpose that in, mm-hmm. in the future, and I'm in my case. Um, being single, no wife, no children, you know, my purposes come late, you know, and I feel more purposeful than ever. And it kind of, as you get older, you know, it kind of, it kind of takes the edge off a little bit if you have that real meaning and you find meaning in it, wherever you find it, whether it be in a grandchild, whether it be in traveling, whether it be in, in being creative, whether it be in reading, whatever it might be in relationships and, you know, um, or, you know, self-examining, which is what I've done unbeknownst to myself for a long time. But then I realized that's kind of who I am and that's how I've grown. But what my point being is when you say Hagler's, it's like the past. And I'm very sentimental and nostalgic. And, you know, as an athlete, I used to ride my bike down with my next door neighbor. We go to the corner store. We'd buy like I'd buy four sports magazines and we wouldn't talk over easy uh, home fries, buttered toast, and a chocolate milk. And that was my Saturdays with Eric Weiss. And then we'd go up to the field, and he'd play catcher because he, he was a catcher, and I'd pitch. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, part of our – that was our ritual. So that would be my Hagler story. And then um, I guess it was just – I didn't spend a lot of time. I know a lot of people had dinner there. I was My family, we were – middle-class Jews. We, we didn't go there. That was not for, I don't know, maybe they did, but we, we went to, you know, better restaurants. <laughs> we didn't go to diners for dinner. We, you know what I mean? We, uh, you never had the liver and onions? 
You didn't have the liver and uh, onions with the peas and carrots and the two pieces of rye, uh, rye bread dry? If I had known that they had that <laughs> on the menu, I swear to you. I, didn't, I had no idea. I had, first of all, Avoid it. I can eat liver. It's got to be well done. The onions have to be super burnt. And I, I kind of have to use, have ketchup just in case the taste gets to me a little too much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. to drown it. But I, every once in a while, I love liver. Love it. So, okay. But no, I didn't cool. have it. I think I might have had meatloaf there once. But, yes, uh, they were I known for their meatloaf. Place. Their place was, it was just a, you know, uh, those were the good old days when Kinder Road was what I would call charming. Now it's like, you know, it's like you, you can't wait to get off it. I mean, it's really, uh, you know, icky. That's mm-hmm. why I would never live in Oradell because it's, I love main streets and little towns that are charming. You can walk into this store. You can't do that in Oradell. Well, you, you walk into right. a, like, you know, like a hardware store, and then you go into a, a woman's jewelry store, and then the, there's nothing left except maybe the Oradell Library. And I mean that. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, and, you know, it's 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 just not what it was, Bob. You mean you, there's no chartreuse caboose anymore on Friday nights? Uh, where's that? Where was that? Remember, they, they had a little club like chartreuse caboose, and it was a little place wow. where, uh, you know, bands. I remember when we were in high school, Mike Powell and Mark Eliason and two other guys, they had a band called The Other Side of Hate. And they used to play at the Shark Truce Caboose oh time on Friday nights. I don't know if you ever went. So, anyhow. No, and I regret it, man. That stinks. I bet right, you they so, were great, man. I'm, anyway. They weren't bad. So, all right, let's uh, get to your material. I want to talk to you about uh, just performing for a minute because uh, you keep yourself in great shape. You're. You yes. memorize your entire show, uh, which I think is fantastic because it allows you to then um, feel the energy uh, with the audience and share energy and make a connection. And your body is used uh, through your movements, um, are artistic. And um, where did you uh, where did you get that? Is that from your theatrical training? Is that something you wanted no. to be? part no, of the show no. because uh, you don't use any prompters or anything. And, you know, it's like an over an hour show and that's a lot of material. Well, I think that, first of all, I think that we are the sum total of our experiences. Therefore, everything I am really goes back to sports. And I was always very, I always had good, probably one of my great qualities was good hand-eye coordination. And I think also in, in my mm-hmm. physicality, uh, that comes from back then. Just I, It was just a given, a rhythm thing. And, you know, it, somebody commented about it when they saw my show last week about my movement. And it's it's ingraining the, what I'm doing now, the real connect thing when you said connection, that's so huge because that was missing for a while. I was When you're attached to the result, and this is in anything, and the result meaning, in this case, the laughter, you know, how am I doing right. based on how, okay. So when you say, I'm just going to connect and let the laughter be the byproduct, it frees you. And, and that's a muscle. So I've been practicing mm-hmm. that for um, a while, and my show has improved, the first one, uh, night and day in terms of my ability to really connect and letting the laughter not putting so much emphasis on every laughter being, you know, hysterical. It doesn't matter. 
it because it's not about each joke, it's about the whole experience. Yep. So therefore, the connection has allowed me to be freer physically, which is really wonderful. And the same with the second piece, which I'm, I've made some huge changes, which I think are really going to be make it really much more viable for a you know commercial run optioning it to producers, which is the goal, of course. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to do that. But I think the physicality is is just um, it's just part of the the product. I move well. That's why I stay in shape. Is you want to be able to express yourself. Yes. You know, like it, there were, you remember um, what's his name. Uh, um, a sad story, the one-man show guy, uh, Spalding Gray, he used to sit behind a table. Mm-hmm. That was his thing. And there were some people who do that. John Leguizamo, of course, is enormously physical. Um, I worked with a guy last night, Mike Babiglia, at, a, at that cancer fundraiser in New York. He, mm-hmm. he has a one-person show. His first one was called Sleepwalk, Sleepwalking With Me. He's very physical. So, and, and I really love that, as long as you don't overdo it. You know what I mean? You don't want it right. to become all about the movement. Distracting, right? Yeah. Absolutely, that's exactly right. So, so I'm I'm very economical as to not overdoing it and not doing too little because people like the movement. It's a good breakup of the staticness of the show. That you know, if it wasn't for the movement, it would you know, which I can still hold them, but it it adds to the to the right. richness of the of mm-hmm. the piece. So, okay. yeah, so that's that would be the answer to that question. All right. Well, speaking of uh, performing, what do you enjoy more? Um, well, let me tell the audience a little bit about Brad. Brad, um, not only is a terrific athlete and he has the mind-body connection, so it helps with his performance because his body is a, is a vehicle for the performance, but as well as his voice and his mind, of course. But he's an avid reader, and uh, he's a, uh, a very present person, mindful person, and uh, he picks up on, on people. And uh, one of the things I really like about Brad and about the show is that it's not negative. Um, it's not a lot of comedy is an attack and uh, by design. And Brad, your material is not that way. So let me ask you this. Um, you can re- respond to that. But uh, my question was going to be before I kind of went off on there a little too much is uh, what do you enjoy more, the writing or the performing? Well, great question. Um, uh, you know, years ago when I was in acting class and I wasn't pursuing my career because I didn't really believe in my product or what have you, fear of failure, all this self-doubt, whatever it was, you know, if I did a scene in acting class and somebody said it was great, you know, I could ride that praise for weeks. It was like, oh, you know, it made me feel better. So the same thing happened when I started comedy. I was getting all this validation and the performing and the performing. And then now at this point, I've evolved to the point with – in fact, um, Zach Posen, who's a, the uh, – um, um, he's a, a designer, uh, co- not costume designer, a clothing designer, yes. and a, a very good one and very famous. His father – and I didn't oh, know yeah. this was – is an artist. And his father said at the end of the article, it's in the Times, he said, the greatest joy I get is being alone and trying to do great work. And mm-hmm. boy, did that resonate for me. And that's that's the answer to the question. Nothing compares to being alone with my computer and doing draft after draft after draft and ultimately coming up with a punchline or some sort of payoff. And so it's the writing. It's definitely – and I'm, I'm shocked. 
on a certain level because I've always loved, I love, still love being in front of an audience, but I don't feel the need to be in front of an audience as much as I used to. And, um, you know, my ultimate fantasy, you know, we all talk, you say you want to maybe move. And I have a visualization where I can have enough money of a cushion to be able to do some writing that might not be, that might be out of a comfort zone. In other words, that might be a little bit more, uh, not political or topical like Michelle Wolf's thing, because that's, that's stuff I couldn't even begin to write like that, because I don't know enough about politics. I don't know, you've got to write what you know about. I mean, I could, mm-hmm. I'd love to write about religion. And I have certain ideas about religion. You know, I, I've heard some great uh, – Stephen Colbert said, you know, uh, which is brilliant. He goes, you know, the, 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 the difference between uh, an agnostic and an atheist is an agnostic doesn't have any balls. You know what I mean? In other words, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, like, it's like my friend saying, you know, I tell you when I'm an atheist, but I don't have the confidence. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's really, you know, so there's all of that religion stuff that, I, you know, the evolution of a belief system. And why is it that I don't feel, you know, uh, connected to a need, you know, that I feel like my life is so rich. And, and you know, it's like if some, oh, if, if you now you just put God in it, it'll even get better. And I'm thinking it's a little late for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm doing fine. I mean, you know, at the end of a life, you know, between uh, somebody who believes in God and somebody who, let's say, for myself, whatever it is, uh, you know, you come to the gates of heaven and, you know, it's like, it's like, what's the payoff? It's like, is God going to choose the person who, who reveres him or is God going to choose somebody who's really funny? You know, I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's just these maybe, are fascinating topics. Maybe it's that God experiences he or herself through us. And so we have the God particle. So, you know, it's not about going to church or synagogue or religion or a big right. guy in the sky with a beard. It's about, you know, if God is love, you know, there's no judgments. There's no right and wrong. Is God experiencing himself through mankind. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So interesting, though, we could go. Well, we then could I'll do be many making money in heaven. I will be making money in heaven because I will be doing shows, man, because God oh, will right. hire me. And I know <laughs> for fundraisers, I will be doing fundraisers, man, in heaven, you know, and it'll be like a golf outing. And then during the day and at night, you know, and anyway, so uh, I like anyway, that. Um, the writing is what, uh, and, and I have ideas. I have, you know, somebody gave me a script, as I told you, between you and me, and I, you know, out here to, I've read it, and I'm going to try to punch it up, and I've been offered money for it, you know, and that's, that's uh, validation on its own level, you know, whether mm-hmm. or not I'm able to do that, that's a new prog, pro, uh, a new thing for me, a new vehicle, punch up a script that has, you know, other characters. So we'll see. And um, let me ask you about that. Let me ask you about that Uh, because it's one of my questions. Um, Most of your work has predominantly been uh, about your experience. Have have you considered and what is your experience? Did you think it would be in terms of uh, doing something kind of third person or working with other characters? Uh, When you say third person, 
what what does that mean? Uh, I mean, well, I, I know first person would be I, and third person would be you know Roger or Harry. Ah, uh, okay. I could do that with no problem, because what you're still gonna it's still gonna be autobiographical to a certain extent. There's always you know unless I mean I, I some of these phenomenal writers like um, uh, Kenneth Lonergan who wrote Local Hero. You know, writing mm-hmm. about all these other other people, uh, I could probably do that. But I would I would say, you know, if I was writing about um, a character named Roger or Bill or Tom, you know, maybe I'd find a model for Tom or in one of my friends. You, you know what I'm saying? So right. it's, mm-hmm. it's, you're not going to totally make up everything. There are parts of of this thing that I could see. You know, certain people. Uh, have characteristics uh, of friends of mine that is oh that's beautiful for that you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. it's never going to be totally I can write in the third sure absolutely but it, it would as as you said it would be different you know it certainly would be different than writing for I I I in fact mm-hmm. I was turned down for a festival uh, up in Rochester um, their fringe festival. Uh, the, his his comment was there was too much I I I, and um, he felt mm, it was, it, as a result it, it it was it was first of all it, it it for just a brief moment it was like oh a little rejection and then the next I was totally fine because you know mm. what the reality is that what I do is not I've, I've never taken a class so I I know that typically the one man shows they start. They're supposed to have an arc. There's the characters supposed to change from beginning. All of this kinds of stuff. I do my thing, and if it's if that's what I do, and so I it, I, it wasn't right for him. No problem. It's only for me. It's only kind of a little bit of fuel, in the sense that I know that I have something, and it's only going to get better. And it's I, it, it it's I'm writing it not for a fringe festival. That you know, we're some you know pushing the edge of what you're talking about, maybe topical stuff or, or what's going on politically or this or that. This is about a journey from paralysis to, to somebody who's really thriving. So that's really what it's about. And you know, if it doesn't have that big arc or it's it's not emotional enough, and he, he was saying to me that he wants, to, what are the experiences that you've had in your life? And as they happen, how do you feel about that moment of failing during the show and all that stuff instead of really doing it sort of at the end? And I understand that. You know, it's just that right now I'm just chronicling, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm chronicling these seminal moments that led to, you know, the turnaround. And I do have somebody helping me edit it. The turnaround, how do I go from not pursuing a career at all to actually having one? You know, for 10 years, not for just studying. Mm-hmm. And you said, I remember you said something very profound when you said to me uh, years ago, and uh, you weren't doing nothing, you were doing what you needed to do to be able to do what you're doing now, which is absolutely true. That's a little bit healthier than I looked at it, you know, but that's really what I was doing. I was studying. I was uh, taking lots of naps. I was drinking. I was drinking. Haven't had a drink for I think it's been 26 years now um, that I haven't had a drink and haven't missed it for. Isn't that interesting, Bob? I haven't missed it for one second, not one second, which is to me uh, hard to believe. 
you know, that I was, that's all I looked forward to for years, for a number of years was, that's the only thing I looked forward to was an absolute on the rocks. The only thing. And, and then when I stopped from that moment, it was like never this urge. It's not that way with ice cream. I have to be honest with you. I hear you telling me <laughs> you give sugar and this and that. And I'm thinking, you know, I, 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 that's, I'm not giving that up yet. <laughs> No, that's anyway. the, hey, listen, I'm putting myself through this whole grinder uh, just because it's no, something it's that I have fun I with. I have fun with it. No, it's not, I think it's, it's not for everybody. Um, and I'm doing different also, levels. What? But you also you also mentioned uh, you wanted to touch on the difference between what it's like out here and back in New York. Yes. First of all, you yeah. know, my roots, our roots are New Jersey and New York. And it's even just getting off the plane and being home for one and a half days, doing the fundraiser, going to my gym, seeing, going to my Starbucks, having these connections that I've had for so many years. And then you come out here and it's, it's, it's a kind of, uh, it's so different that it's fine. But every, everybody I sit down, I sat down to, with one person, he was writing, he was on his typewriter writing a film. The, my, the next door neighbor is an actress. She was reading Sides when I got back the other night. Uh, three guys at Starbucks the other day worked for NBC. I mean, it's, 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 it's a little, it, it's hard for me a little bit to, to have so many people who are in some ways connected to, you know, film and, and, you know, that whole, whatever is going on out here. And it's, you know, it feels so moneyish, you know, and so, um, uh, you know, David Mamet said it so beautifully what Hollywood is. He says, they're making sequels of movies that haven't even been made yet. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's, 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 it, you, you feel a little bit of that. It, it's, you, you, as you drive through these magnificent areas, you just know that everybody is somehow involved in, in the business. And, it, it, look, if I get a sitcom, I'm 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 fine living in Santa Monica in a little apartment. Uh, I'll be fine, you know. But I need to come back to regenerate, to rejuvenate that connection. It's, it's so it's a little know, more it's real. Like, New York's a little more real. It's more yeah, not just an industry really, town. It, it, is what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's well, it, it it has a sort of a it, it has there's a, there's more curiosity and in an intellectual kind of something that goes on that I feel that stimulates me. Um, mm-hmm. the, even the change of seasons, Bob, it, it's, it, it, you feel it's some, there's something about it. Even if it's bad weather and 40 degrees, there's something about it that then three days later, it's what you said today is 80. I was, when I left, it was, it was like 65. It was like incredible, but you, you feel that, it, it impacts you. So you can walk down the street and say to somebody, is this not an amazing day? When was the last time somebody walked down the street in California go, isn't this an amazing day? <laughs> With that kind of like, they don't, they can't say that. They can just go, beautiful day, isn't it? Yeah. You yep. know, I mean, it's like, it's, it's a given. So anyway. Uh, All right, let me ask you a couple it, other questions here. Let me let okay. me get let's let's I got a couple more because I want to get through some stuff to, uh, that I, that I think you'd like to talk about and the audience also. Um, who's been the biggest influence on your work? 
Whoa. Um, wow. I'm going to say, you know, I, I, I have to think that I go back to some of these books that I've read on writing, you know, that, that um, uh, there's a book called Bird by Bird by Annie Lamott. Yep. And she writes, what, it, what that book is about is it's like you can be so daunted by the, the opening uh, a, um, anecdote is she talks about a child who's writing about birds. And, and, and he's so overwhelmed. There's so many birds. He's, she said, no, no. Write about this bird. Write about this bird. And so that's, what I, that's, that's really what I do. I go from one bit to another bit and so that I'm not overwhelmed by oh I gotta get the whole thing you know so that's one influence um, I would say um, uh, oh boy that's such a good question uh, you know there's just been so many you know what I have to tell you something I, in some ways athletes I keep thinking of athletes because that's okay that's fine no I know I know you know why because I think of, um, first of all, um, when I think of the whole process of how I've gone from what, what's the most gratifying thing is self-improvement to me is extraordinary. And the, the going from not believing to having a real strong foundation of belief that's always being tested, especially when you're doing different audiences every night. I had an audience Sunday, they bought 17 books. I had a, a, a audience on Saturday night, three, they bought three, but just, it just didn't, you know, there were a lot of younger people. So what I'm learning is that how, you know, these athletes, Aristotle, you know, said excellence is not an individual act. It's a habit. You are what you repeat. So that's the basis of mm -hmm. everything. Muscle memory is everything in anything you do. You're doing podcasts. If you keep doing them for 20 years, in 20 years, you know just from repeating and repeating and repeating, you, you're going to be able to cull from 20 years of experience. It's, it's in your muscles. So Roger Federer hitting 4 million forehands, right. it, the freedom that he has to make a split-second decision as to how to return a serve that's coming at him at 130 miles, that most of us, the ball would be beaten. Uh, it, we wouldn't even be able to react. He's reacting as the ball is being tossed up in the air because he's repeated that, you know, the return mm -hmm. of the serve. Point being with me is that um, the practice that you 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 undergo is what is called deliberate practice, and it's talked about in all these self improvement books or deep practice, where you're not just going through the motions, but you're constantly making adjustments. If you if you finish your podcast and you go, okay all right, what would I have done differently? What question would I have asked differently? Or even me as, uh, on the other end going, what would I have talked about? What would I have liked to have? How could I have answered that question? Who's influenced you? So you, you're making these adjustments instead of just letting it go. And you mm -hmm. do that, you know, that's why Tiger Woods is a golfer. It's because his father stood behind him and said, no, make this adjustment. You've got to lift your arm here or whatever. So I'm doing the same thing with my acting. So I think athletes represent that for me as as well mm -hmm. as the, the really, truly great athletes uh, are the ones who have paid that price. LeBron James said, he said he owes his family an apology. He literally said that. He said, I've, 
devoted so much of my time to self-improvement that I haven't spent enough time. There you have it. That's why he, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is, you know, he's the man. Second I mean, best. He's the... He's the <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. You know something? You know something? I have no problem with those people who believe Michael Jordan because you know what? They're right. I can't... Who am I going to... What, am I going to argue with somebody who's won six or seven world championships? I'm just talking my personal athletic opinion of the athleticism. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've never seen athleticism on a court, and I don't think we ever will. Uh, actually, I take that back. When we're gone, there'll be athletes now. They're coming. It's a whole new breed. Yep. These, these guys are so ready at such young ages. I've never seen it's, it's beyond belief what they can do. Uh, so what else did you want to ask me? Well, just one. Here's what I think the difference is between Jordan and LeBron. And forget the championships and all that stuff. I think Jordan was like a killer on the court. And I think uh, LeBron James is more self-conscious and, uh, and uh, he's not as he's great and he's bigger and he's faster and he's stronger and he knows how to shoot. Now he's not a great defender, but he's a little older now, but Michael Jordan was um, uh, pure. I think in that he just, he, he was a killer. He had that nasty streak in him where he wanted to mess you up and I think LeBron is more concerned sometimes about like he overthinks a little bit and not when he's playing per mm-hmm. se, but the whole, the whole thing about who he is and all of that. He, he's like, he's like trying, he has all these different looks and he's like, he just seems self-conscious to me compared to Jordan who didn't give a heck. He was just like, this is, well, it. you know, what's interesting about you using the word killer because that's a huge, huge word. We all have killer in us. Most people will suppress it, but we all have that buried. It's that. It's like you know when 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 we did something as athletes, and we would organically have this fire in us. Yes, or you score mm-hmm. a goal, that kind of fire. So it's in everybody, but most people, whatever you know, for whatever reason, are you know it's like laughing. A lot of people I see in the audiences, they don't laugh. They were they grew up not laughing, or they have nothing to laugh about, or they think it's 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic Johnson said of Larry Bird, he said he's a killer. He said if he's winning by 30 points with a minute left, he wants to win by 38. So mm-hmm. I agree with you that Jordan mm-hmm. has the killer. I'd have to think a little bit on the LeBron James thing, but I think that there's no question that that Jordan was a killer, and I think mm-hmm. Larry Bird was a killer, and I think Magic was a killer. And they, a killer can be expressed in a number of different ways. I think Steph Curry's a killer, but it's a whole different kind of yeah. vibe mm-hmm. coming from him. So, so uh, I think Russell Westbrook is a killer. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, but uh, the, the word killer is it, – it applies to more than just sports. I want to be a killer to where – but in a good sense. You right. know, it's not like you want to trash talk. You know, as comics going, my setups are much funnier than your punchline, man. You know, come at me, man. Right. You know, whatever. <laughs> the reality is, you know, it's like being a killer as a as a as a performer. It it's having that sort of animal in which you're mm-hmm. you're 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 committed, so totally committed, the way Jordan was. So, um, you know, I can't argue with that. I I really can't. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you, um, we, you know, one of the things you're so gracious, you haven't been pl- like, I have some guests on, and I love all my guests. I've been extraordinarily 
fortunate and I've learned so much from them, including yourself. I get this free education with this podcast. Uh, but you haven't been plugging your, your work too much on the, and uh, you, I want you to. So tell us about um, my, uh, the, my rise to the middle. Where are you with that? Um, well, my rise to the middle, um, you know, remember I told you I was turned out by Rochester. I'll get a right. good feel from the people who are coming because there, there are going to be some really, really good people coming to, to let me know. Um, and with this new thing, with the connection and everything, where I'm at with it. And I've been working with this uh, woman in New York who's been very helpful. So I think if I get it into my muscles and it's totally memorized so that I can really play and not think about mm-hmm. the lines, I think I have something that's marketable. When the producer yes. saw it in Florida, he said you need 15 more minutes because mm-hmm. if you go on the road and you're charging 45 to 60 they have to have an 80-minute show. My show mm-hmm. when you saw New York was an hour and five to an hour and ten. Right. It's got to be an hour and twenty. That's what my, my son, the waiter. So my feeling is uh, when I put down the phone, I'm going to rest a little bit. Uh, I'm you know, starting the whole rehearsal process. I've been in it. I'm, I've memorized almost half of it. And uh, I go from there, and I'll be, I'll be ready on June 10th to do it and we'll, we'll take it from there and then I may I may produce it again at Symphony Space in October because I think Great. I might have off from my show and you'll see it at Symphony Space for the eighth time <laughs> I, I can't wait I sit in the same seat I take yeah. my notes no, we talk about yeah, it and it gets yeah, better yeah, and better and better so yeah, um, and you know what? I, the, the, what the plugging of the work is is you know it's almost like since I don't have an agent, I don't have a PR, which I will think about at some point. Because I, somebody said you should put an ad in Variety, and I didn't want to spend ten thousand at this point. But sometime down the line, those things are very valuable. So you know, it's got to be the right person, the right agent, the right this, the right that. Right. So mm-hmm. there's people coming in that in, in from Hollywood in in the business. Let's see what happens. I'd love to see you, uh, you know, uh, have somebody from Larry David's crew see your show. Yeah, and I would love cool. to see you on cool. Curb as a, as a recurring character. I think you'd be perfect. Be great. And then I think yeah, there'd be a spinoff called Zimmy and you would be just a killer. So listen, yeah, Brad, thank you. So, yeah, you're the man right, and I'm really proud of you. So keep up the good work. I can't All wait right. to see the show again and uh, have fun out there. And uh, everybody, Brad Zimmerman. George Samuels. If George Samuels calls in after this, uh, call me and let me know what he says because he's okay. the only person I give a crap about. All How right? about the Lenny Lenny Hake? What, what he might be calling to? No, Lenny Lenny is uh, wrestling. He's uh, wrestling. Okay. He has a, a senior. He's on the senior tour. I'm serious. Okay. He's on the senior tour. All <laughs> right. All right. Be good, Brad. Bye. Okay, folks. That's our. Uh, Special guest, Brad Zimmerman. Um, I'm going to take a very, very, very short break, and then we're going to uh, uh, do our Guys, Guys, Guide, and then we'll, we'll wrap the show. So remember. You're listening to the Guys, Guys Radio. Okay, we're back. Um, welcome back. That's my buddy, Brad Zimmerman. I'm so happy for his success. And I strongly urge everybody, if you haven't seen his show, My Son, The Waiter, A Jewish Tragedy, check it out. I love the sequel, My Rise to the Middle, and uh, I've seen each version of it. 
And, you know, when I was writing uh, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, I, it evolved. I must have had 80 versions of it. And I know exactly what he's going through um, and how satisfying it is to make changes that really um, streamline the story and stick to the spine. What Brad's doing, he's doing all the things you classically need to do, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't want to be encumbered by the rules, even though his work is in its own subconscious way following um, through his muscle memory, the rules. So uh, congratulations to him. I love it when somebody's following the dream and, uh, and just loving life. So good for Brad. Now, I always do a quick uh, guy's guy's guide. Um, so I take it from my, one of my blog posts on uh, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. So this one, I'll do it real quick because a lot of guys ask me because I talk to male and female relationship experts. And it's like, where can guys meet women? Where can guys meet women? Well, that's an easy one. The, the easy answer is the short answer is everywhere. Um, it's not about where it's about how it's just about being authentic and being having some uh, some of the guys guys qualities, which would be casual confidence, be comfortable in your own skin have unassuming strength, um, uh, integrity, and a seductive type of integrity, uh, emotional intelligence, um, have some style, but timeless style, not trendy, and uh, be fun and like people and like women. So um, places, though, specific places where you can meet people, meet women. Um, if you take a class, uh, fitness classes or language classes, now, if you go to the gym all the time, um, you know, you're going to see the same people. Um, to me, the best way to meet uh, members of the opposite sex, because uh, a lot of women get subconscious at the gym because there's all these guys oogling them, not because they're, and, uh, you know, they're there without makeup and sweating and pushing the iron and all of that. And uh, everybody feels a little bit vulnerable because there's always some people who are like incredible shape. But so you don't want to be pestering women when they're working out. Um, but if you show up uh, and just smile and say hello, whatever, and walk by, and then over time you'll be, same thing if you go to a yoga class. You go to a yoga class if you're a guy. It's going to be tons of good-looking women. And um, you don't want to be, like, hitting on them. That's just so uncool. But just keep going to the classes. And over time, you'll become a familiar face. And then and if you just smile, say hello, at a certain point, you'll be able to open up some conversations and kind of feel your way around a little bit uh, verbally. And you'll get to know some people. And when you get to know some people, uh, in that case, you'll get to know some really cool women because they'll be into yoga and uh, they'll be uh, they'll sure they'll have good friends also. And uh, you could meet somebody special that way. So uh, a lot of cool people doing that language classes are good also because uh, you have to speak to each other in language classes. So if you're going to get to know your classmates. I took Spanish for four years at night and um, I met a lot of cool people. And we spoke, you know, at the breaks and all in English. But during this class, we were speaking Spanish and it's a lot of fun, too. And you get to learn a language. Um, Another place is if you uh, if you're sports athletically inclined, if you're a runner and you run races, you're going to meet uh, women who are in great shape running races because you've got to be in good shape to, to run races. Um, and people are usually uh, exhilarated after the race. So it's a good time to you can say hello and get to meet some people. So that's kind of nice. You know, work is a place where so many people work so many hours. So with all the me too and all that, you have to be really careful because you don't want to be hitting on women at work because that could lead to problems, but just be yourself and do your job and just let things happen organically because regardless of everything that's going on, people still hook up at work. 
So just be aware, though, that there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's of that, but that's in a, another one of my blog posts. I've got like over 300. Um, and I'm also, my work's on uh, Your Tango and also Good Men Project every week. Um, where else? Whole Foods people. When you go out there buying that organic food, dudes, you put the good stuff in your cart. You got a question about those melons. And I don't mean it's a, a bad example, bad choice. Let's not say melons. Let's say uh, blueberries. Uh, you got a question? Um, hey, it, it, people. You know they're they're relaxed. They're buying their they're buying their food, and an instant question can it can uh, lead to a, an introduction. You never know. As long as it's not forced and it's a real question. Um, where else? Art museums. You have to have a little bit of game in terms of art if you want to talk to women at art museums, because otherwise it's going to be quite obvious that they're trying to pick pick up women, and that's not cool. Um, female friends, you have friends, you're a good guy and you have female friends. They're always going to, they're, they're going to want to hook you up and they're going to have friends who want to get, uh, introduced. So just be nice to your female friends. And uh, if you're a good guy, if you're a guy's guy, they'll, they'll introduce you. Um, also bookstores, coffee houses, again, just kind of, if you go to the same coffee place all the time, uh, just be, you know, somebody who is a familiar face. And then, then it's a good time. You can start to you know, chat it up a little bit. A bookstore is usually just, you know, that's a drive-by where you're in the bookstore. You're not going to be coming back to the same bookstore probably at the same time every week, nor is anybody else. But if you're in there and you got a question or want to comment on something, whatever, you know what, take your chances. I've met, I've met women in bookstores. Weddings is another good place or in church also, because you, everybody's dressed up on their best behavior. Um, you know, just don't be a horn dog about it. Be a nice guy and be sincere and authentic. And uh, you can meet people that way. And if you're interested. Um, but so the real, again, the short answer is anywhere. Guys can meet women anywhere. I have a whole other blog post about where's good places for women to meet guys because I've been asked the same question. So, you know, with all the people out there, it's a, it can be a lonely world, but it doesn't have to be. If you're comfortable with who you are, if you make space in your heart for somebody else, and if you truly like people and like members of whatever sex is preferable to you, I'm telling you, you will meet somebody and you will have a great time. So anyhow, that's our show for this evening. We're back again. We've got a special Sunday edition this Sunday at 8, 8 p.m. And we've got uh, Chinny and Sun, Sunhee Park, two uh, L.A.-based um uh, uh, psychics uh, they're twin sisters and they're psychics so they're they're all over uh the internet and i can't wait to uh, have them on because i've contacted them before and i finally got them to come on the show so we'll be taking some calls too so i hope you can tune in sunday at eight so i hope you enjoyed the show i want to thank my audience once again if you uh first time listening um thanks for being here if you want to help out uh, i'd really appreciate it if you go on itunes and you rate um review and subscribe um, very easy. Just go onto iTunes. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn and we're on blog talk radio. So this is our podcast number 279 guys, guys, radio signing off. And like I always like to say, guys, guys finish first.